Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Parental Guidance Advised with Money and Allie. Welcome back. I'm Frank. I'm Ernest. <laughs> Monty and Allie. Yes. Mom and daughter. Mm, not many of us on the airwaves. Oh, and it's never dull. No. Because our lives are not dull. We no. have said for many years that we should have a reality show because it because it just is a reality show. Like yeah. it, it, we wouldn't We're have never to, bored. Right. Well, there wouldn't be like a persona that we would have to conjure up. It, it just is. It's just us. Right. Yeah. And we have like these. Like, mom, answer the door. I have alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The story behind that yes. is that you parents know that every time, well, especially mothers, you know that every time you sit on the toilet, you get on a phone call. You have a moment of privacy and sanity for yourself, your child, something in the universe taps your kid on the shoulder to say, Now's the time. Yeah. Go knock on the door. We have a radar. You for need that. something. The house is on fire. Set the house on fire. <laughs> I mean, do something because mom is actually taking a moment for herself. I quit announcing my moments because I knew it would provoke you to be like, crap, she's about to be out of my sight, out of my reach. And there's something internally with kids that just goes, I, I, I can't let that happen. <laughs> I have to be there. So even at 23 years old, yeah, we the still, radar doesn't the go radar away. The radar does not go away. And we live in the same house, but we were on vacation this week. So we're up in the hills having a really nice time in the North Georgia mountains watching leaves turn colors and falling. And everyone's chill. My mom's with us. The dogs are with us. Life is great. And I decide I'm going to take a nice shower, just kind of take my time and, you know, take care of myself and take a load off. So I just kind of... I sneak out of the room and I'm like, I'm just going to disappear and squeeze myself into my into my restroom without, you know, going with going unnoticed. Yeah. Hopefully no one will notice that the biggest energy in the room has He's left gone. the room. Yeah. room. So, because that makes sense. So I take this nice shower and I get out and all of a sudden I hear, mom, open the door. I have alcohol. <laughs> I'm like. And I just stand there laughing because I'm like, okay. It's not like, <laughs> mom, open the door. I just got bit by a snake. Mom, yeah. open the door. The house is on fire. Mom, open the door. No, Same franticness. Mom, open the door. Same level of holy crap, mom. Open the door right now and this is why. And so I just stood on the other side of the door <laughs> and I laughed and I opened the door. I was like, what are you? Okay. So this is a national emergency. She yes. goes, I knew that if I had used <laughs> any other reason for interrupting you, you'd have been like, Alex, this is my time. Exactly. Which is exactly what would have If happened. I had knocked on the door, I would have gotten the same reaction. You would have. A big huff and yep. puff and like, what is it? Yes. I'm busy. So I just trying to take a it. moment for myself. <laughs> but alcohol apparently was the thing that will have me rushing to, to the, the door, door to open it. 
so I was like, okay, I don't know how to take this. But anyway, that's just one of the many moments throughout our days together that would make you laugh if you were a voyeur watching us on a television set. Yes. Okay. Something that we also have going on in our family is something that many of you have going on in your families. People just aren't talking about it. Uh, According to Insider.com, American millennials' mental and physical health is on the decline, and they're on track to die faster than Generation X, which is me. A new report says American millennials are seeing their physical and mental health decline at a faster rate than uh, Generation X. Without proper management or treatment, millennials could see a 40 percent uptick in mortality compared with Gen Xers at the same age, the report found. Behavioral health is a key factor in the decline of millennials' health. The generation has been has seen rises in depression rates and in deaths of despair. The financial burdens millennials are facing cannot only cannot only affect their mental health, but prevent them from seeking treatment at a time when health care costs are climbing. You know, I'm I'm gonna say this and it's gonna sound really bad. When I read stuff like this, the financial burdens millennials face cannot only affect their mental health, but prevent them from seeking treatment. That to me, because of the industry that I'm in, reeks of a partisan statement. And I got to tell you something. I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a, of a diversion on this subject. Then we're going to get back to it because it's very important. Someone, my producer, sent um, light reading, as he likes to mock. <laughs> Here's some light <laughs> reading for you, Monica. Yeah. And it was like a, it was statistics on, I believe it was gang violence. It, it was it was some type of crime rates and and suppression of numbers and all of that. And so actually it was a it was a recent uh, it was crime stats within the city of Atlanta. And it was produced by a particular agency or organization that you would, in, in, you know, historically you would trust the information coming from these guys. But because I have an insight track with people who have really educated me on the propensity to slant numbers to curb information so that it does um, it does foster your overarching political agenda. I found myself just completely disenfranchised and disgruntled this morning because it, this is an organization I would like to be able to believe. But because people have abused their authority and numbers and information, and there's so much disinformation, I find myself mistrusting and distrusting a lot of the information that I get. And I think it can be really dangerous, especially in this circumstance, right, with mental health. It's very dangerous. I mean, it it's already there's already a, a like a societal feeling of anxiety and then factor that in with people not knowing who to trust like what information are you getting people don't trust anything these days they don't trust right. the news they kind of trust facebook but i mean well they do they yeah. they 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 do trust social media and, and it twitter has become and, the gospel right yeah well twitter is really more of a is a it, to me it's a mocking silo of people saying ha gotcha you know or look we're winning people get their news from they get their news from social media people don't go to the news right. they don't read their newspapers but this right here the financial burdens of millennials and, and those that they're facing. So what does that tell you? To me, that says one thing, student debt. So whenever someone is pushing the narrative of free college education, what I mean, this right here would indicate you can draw the line right here very clear as day. Uh-oh, 
Maybe it should be free because our kids are killing themselves at an alarming rate because of financial burdens and because they can't afford health care. Well, guess what? A lot of the country can't afford health care. It's not just your generation, and it should not be ignored, and you should be able to go to your parents. And if your parents are any kind of decent, loving human beings, they're going to help foster uh, and provide an outlet and income for you or money if rather for I understand that but there are other services out there too there are so many services at our disposal regarding mental health there just are I direct people to different social services free uh, people I've known coming off the streets there are many ministries that offer mental health services and spiritual health services which I happen to believe go in ta- they work in tandem mm-hmm. uh, not always mutually exclusive I believe they can work in tandem well these things are also I mean a, a lot of these factors especially come into like college age kids right and um, you know colleges are notorious for trying to make everything look peachy and rainbowy and like everyone's happy here because they have to be um and also notorious for not just not trying to keep kids away from resources but just not having the resources to offer and also not promoting them so if they're not promoting their own resources why would they be promoting someone else's resources? so we're talking about college campuses now because you've said that there are nine students who have committed suicide since the beginning of August at USC? There are nine students who have died, not all because of suicide, and they've made that very clear. Um, But since the beginning of the school year, which was the end of August, nine Mm -hmm. students have died, and there have been a few confirmed cases of suicide. Suicide. And that's more than, I mean, that those two months are more than um, like the 2016 and like 2017 school year combined. Right. Uh, So it's pretty alarming that that's happening. And um, recently we did lose one of our seniors who uh, was very widely known and respected on campus. He was kind of like a satirical uh, member of our memes page. Um, And he was a senior. He was just about to start his actual life. And for some reason, um, you know, the pressures just really got to him, which is very alarming and very sad. And for me, um, you're going to have to define pressures. Well, okay. I mean, and you may not know him personally, what no. his personal pressures are, but clearly USC, you, you felt pressure at USC. I did. It's a pressure cooker. It's a school where, um, especially if you are not, um, especially if you don't, if you don't have the ability to not work, essentially, right. that's already an added pressure. So when right. you have to work right. to be at USC... That is an extreme amount of pressure. Um, everything in California is more expensive, first of all. Uh, everything yeah. at USC is more expensive. Right. So for me, I did have to have a job. So, But not only did I have a job, I was encouraged to also have an internship, but also to be a president of a club, to be a member of two <laughs> right. other clubs, to right. take a full unit, to have a social life, to be in a sorority. I mean, okay, I want the record to show, though, that I stepped in on more than one occasion and looked at you and said, I don't know what you're doing and why you're doing all of this, but you have got to reassess how much you're adding to your plate. And you're right. You were being encouraged by advisors and by this and by that, that this is just the get involved in this club and do this club and do Mm -hmm. this and do that and do this. And so that you're a well-rounded student. But we start training you guys for that at very young ages. So this is I I do believe this is an American phenomenon where it's like we do soccer teams, we do gymnastics, we do cheerleading, we do this, we do the chess team, we do that. We got to be better. 50K a year preschools. Correct. 
to include all of this stuff. Correct. I'm like, your four-year-old needs to be putting shapes in the right holes and, <laughs> and picking out colors and making glitter bottles. Right. That they don't need to know Kung Fu. Yeah. <laughs> Like, right? Yeah. They're not going to be warding off an assault at yeah. five, maybe. I don't know in this day and age, but I'm, I'm with you. And so we are creating this it's, this environment yeah. of overachieving. Okay. And so once you get to college and you land on a campus and you're by yourself, for mm-hmm. you, you were 2,200 miles away. Yeah. And the pressures were like, good grief. You're either going to jump in the stream with everyone else or you're going to be rejected and you're going to be on the outside. And true. And also... Um, a lot of things actually start to surface in college for kids because because it's less structured. So uh, you have to do a lot of things on your own that right. were more structured for you in high school. Right. That's when um, like a lot of cases of ADHD actually get diagnosed for women. Okay. Women are not normally diagnosed with ADHD or any kind of attention deficit disorder until college because it presents more heavily in college when they're um, when all of that stress and that pressure hits them mm-hmm. and because it presents differently than it does in men. Also, any kind of like not any kind of but a lot of mental illness, depression, anxiety starts to surface in that environment again right. because there's a lot less structure. OK, so I want to break down mental illness from from my perspective just a little bit. And I am not a licensed professional by any stroke of the imagination when it comes to mental illness. This is just my simple ministerial taxpayer mama, uh, you know, daughter uh, vision on on this. This is just my understanding and my perception, the things that I've experienced in life thus far, is that mental illness is a, is, it should be attacked from an addressed from a holistic standpoint, it has to be comprehensive. Mm-hmm. It cannot just be, well, they watch video games. So no wonder he shot up the school in California recently. Uh, he, you know, his college debt was too heavy and mm-hmm. he just couldn't take it. So he jumped off a bridge because he couldn't figure out how he's going to pay for it. And Bernie Sanders wasn't elected and now his whole life is over. Okay. Or, um, you know, the, or uh, it was the vaccinations. You know, I'm trying to think of all the things that we like to plug into these holes to explain that or he was demonically possessed. You know, I mean, there's a factor. So for me, I like to look at this kind of comprehensively where it's like, okay, let's take the um, let's take your environment. Let's take your nurturing. Let's take your physiology. Let's take things in the environment. Let's take vaccinations. Let's take things that organically uh, alter the structure of your RNA. Mm-hmm. That could, let's look at your um, your uh, bowel dysposis. Uh, uh, it's when the bowels don't move. Okay. Oh, All right. Okay. So let's yeah. look at your, let's look at your flora in your intestines. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that affect your neurobiology, your neurotransmitters. And we're just coming into such an understanding and a study in this, which is what you minored in. Mm-hmm. And you having your own uh, gut health issues that have been affected. Listen, your grandpa had a saying, the colon rules the body. And he's not, he wasn't lying. No, and he's he not was, wrong. A, he was, it's, you know, the very... first black respiratory therapist in Columbus, Georgia. Like he knew his stuff when it came to medicine. Mm-hmm. And he always said that No ma- since the day I met him. I mean, we're finding that now a lot of your gut health has to do with your mental health. Correct. And people don't really know the chicken or the egg just yet, but we do know that they are linked. Like, it is very important. I mean, the majority of your serotonin, which is one of your, like, many feel-good neurotransmitters, right. is produced in your gut. Right. And your so immune if you system have is imbe- in your gut. Correct. I mean, your spirit 
is in your gut. I mean, that we all is, feel butterflies. We all feel right. the nerves. We feel that pit in your stomach right. whenever you are anxious or you're afraid. You right. feel that. Right. So it's a really big part of it. I mean, like you said, everything is very holistic. It has to be approached that way. It has to be. It's just we're getting there. We haven't been there. Okay. So and, for you struggling yeah. with your own mental health issues and, and maintaining homeostasis. Okay. For me as your mother, it's very easy for me to look at you and go, okay, I look at your diet. I look at how much sunlight you're getting. I look at your relationships. I look at your uh, pr- your stress levels, particularly. I'm like, okay, what's going on? So we talk about things. I monitor you so that I know which angle of attack. But your the way you present is something that I think some parents just feel like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't even know. There's also still a shame element that comes with parents where they're like, crap, what did I do? What didn't Mm -hmm. I do? What did I do wrong? Because we as parents, we do take everything on that occurs in your lives. Usually we're like, it says something about me. And that's something I've had to really work hard to overcome that if there's something that I need to take responsibility for as a parent that I could have done better or I should have done better, but I didn't, and it has adversely affected you, I'm a huge proponent of parents sitting down and taking full responsibility for that. No excuses. No, but your dad left or, you know, the postman didn't ring twice, whatever. No excuses allowed. You sit down and you take responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think that does a lot for a child's stability, feelings of safety. Even an adult. Absolutely. Absolutely. But don't wait until they're 30 with your grandkids. Shove the shame aside and sit down and talk with them. But barring you know, that I've done anything to just completely send you into, you know, perpetual abyss, you know, moments in your life. Um, It is important. And you have take, I'm going to, I'm going to commend you for taking full responsibility for your own mental health, Mm -hmm. because mental health is just like reproductive health. It's just like checking on your uh, your gut health. Mm -hmm. It is just like your- You can only ignore it, it for so long. Right. But it's but we tend to separate our brain health and our mental and spiritual health from the other health of our being. Yeah, because it's something that we should just be able to overcome. Mind over matter. Right. Just think positively. Right. Just get out. Just to take a walk. Just go to the gym. You need endorphins. Endorphins make you All happy. All of those do help. Yes, and I'm not talking down on those things, but here's... The point that I have made to you, discussions that we've had, and the point that I would like to make to parents, all of those things are wonderful. And that encouragement is important. But you have to understand, you have to target your encouragement. Mm -hmm. When you're in the throes of a depressive episode, when I'm in the throes of a depressive episode, all of the things that would make me feel better are the exact things that I physically (laughs) cannot even move myself to do. Right. Every molecule in my body is saying, no, do not do that. Yeah. It is I'm almost. Like, Get up and go take a walk. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no. No, I'm <laughs> trying not to jump off a cliff mom and I'm like, yeah, but if you'll just go get some wind on your face and you'll sunshine, feel better. you'll feel better. And I'm like, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> not how it works. And, you know, we and it's true. Eventually it does make me feel better. And for right. me. I have gotten to a point where I can take those little steps when I start to feel this way to where I just do one thing 
every day one thing that I know is good for me. And eventually it starts turning into two things and then three things and then it, it, it folds. It's a positive reinforcement right. system. Um, but before I wasn't able to do that. A well, lot of people aren't able to do that. And we discovered you couldn't do that because your body wasn't producing the chemicals needed to get you up and moving. Yeah. And that is a very real thing. It is not a stigma. It is not nothing to be ashamed of. It is the fact that your body, just like for those of you who do not produce vitamin D or you don't have yeah. enough B12. I mean, it's the same. Your thyroid isn't working. Exactly. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. And mm-hmm. so whenever you don't have certain neurotransmitters that give you the get up and go. Or the right level of them. Correct. If there's an, an imbalance right. in your brain, you are not going to feel like yourself. Correct. You're not going to feel good. Right. And um, it takes a lot to be able to overcome that. Right. And, and I, th- I think a lot of times, too, as parents, it's very easy for us to just go, well, that's just them. They're being teenagers. It's just kids. It's just what they do. When we see you sleeping all day, when we see you lounging around, we see you eating like crap, your face is you buried in your phone or it's in video games or we can't reach you, like you're kind of distant from us. You're not really hanging out with your friends. Maybe you've changed friends. There's something in us that just we this American way of thinking, I think I think it's American mainly because I say that as an indictment on us as Americans because my European family members know exactly what's going on in each other's lives at every second of the day. They just do. Mm-hmm. They're close. They're tight. They communicate. They observe. They're well, they, in relationship. The parents open up those lines of communication, though. Right. That's the thing. They have pulled, they have destroyed the stigma on most things when it comes to mental health, when it comes to sex, when it comes to stress. Like, parents and children have a very different relationship in Europe than they do here. They do. We tend to see you guys as us and you. <laughs> Right. It's us and them as teenagers where it's like we just have accepted us versus them. Exactly. That is exactly right. And I'm telling you, I think it's coming at a cost. And our babies, our children are dying at their own hands Mm -hmm. because they feel so and they believe not only do they feel it, but they believe it. And the perception's probably not altogether off because they are alone. You are alienated. You do feel rejected and dejected because no, you don't feel understood. You know why? Because no one understands you. No one's trying to exactly. understand you. It's the second leading cause of death between the ages of 10 and 19 in this country. Horrible. That is, that is unacceptable. And yeah. how does that happen? It's not just because people are demonic. Now, I will say this. I do believe we have a spirit of death that has literally been let loose in this world. I do believe that. It's always been here, but knowing spiritual dispensations and what what is to come and what has happened, I do believe there's a spirit of death. Well, how do you... Listen, there was a spirit of death let loose in the earth at Passover. And God's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to make a provision for you to not die and for your child, your firstborn not to die. And it's going to pass over your house. But you're going to have to put the blood on your doors, on your doorposts mm-hmm. of a sacrificial the lamb. The parents had to take the step to protect their children. Correct. Thank you. They had to be the ones to extend the protection to their children. You got it. And it does, you're always a parent. You're always a parent until you're not. It's a lifelong commitment, y'all. So if, you're ki- if your kid is 30 or 40 and you still see them going through this, you see them making choices with their kids, you see them making choices in their marriage, you're their parent. You still love them as much as you did whenever they were a baby and under your roof. 
you can still say something to them. You can still extend that protection and that love. Yep. But it took the parents doing that. So if you see your teenager or your 10-year-old. Yes. Your 10-year-old. I mean, that is just. That We're is... worried about them putting on dresses and thinking, oh, Johnny really wants to be Joni. Okay, awesome. Let's let's reassign. Let's transition them from their penis to a vagina at eight, at seven. We're more concerned about that. I'm thinking, no, if you understood that actually that's kind of normal for kids to be like, hey, what's the Tonka truck about? My God, you were climbing in trees at seven and eight years old. Like you were such a tomboy. I wanted all the G.I. Joes and Barbies together. Yeah. So imagine if I had said, hey, maybe Alex. Oh, and your name's Alex. What? So you could easily flip. Maybe, maybe I should start encouraging you to just be a boy. What is going on? I mean, yeah. that we are living as parents on a level of, I remember, of mental health issues when I it comes to this. I remember being in kindergarten and we had a kid who loved princess dresses. He loved all the girl things, but he liked girls. Right. And I didn't see, I remember being five years old and not seeing anything wrong with that. Right, I thought kids. that was really cool. <laughs> I was like, right. he wants to play princess dresses with me. Heck right. yeah. He wants to have a tea party. He yeah. like likes all of the things I like, but he could also like me. Yeah. This is a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been looking for that husband ever, ever since. since. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. So, seriously. But yeah, because, yeah. you know, and his parents didn't discourage that. Right. They just let him like what he liked. Yeah. There doesn't have to be a label or a deciding factor. Your kids can just like what they like. They can. but And, and they but can if, like who they like. I understand. It doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. If they're boys or girls, I, you know, I'm okay with pink and blue. I, I, I didn't I don't have to have yellow to feel like my life is okay and my child's gonna be normal. <laughs> I just Which, don't. Yeah. So but I think it's very clear to set very clear uh boundaries. I mean, in until a little boy is told he's a boy. He's just a being with mm-hmm. this appendage that yeah. looks different from the person next to him who doesn't have the same appendage. But we put we assigned the word boy, man, to a biological boy. So it's important for that boy to know that that is his actual physiological, biological identity. Wherever he decides to branch out from there, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, is totally up to him as he ages and his mind can actually conceive all of that and he can make decisions for himself. But these kids are confused. And, I mean, imagine being 10 years old. The only thing you're supposed to be concerned with at 10 years old is when your chicken nuggets are getting served, what's on (laughs) Disney Channel that night, and whose house you're going to go play video games at. And imagine being 10 years old and thinking that... Uh, you know, mommy or daddy's uh, gun looks really nice. Like, well, yeah, because they're confused. Yeah. Okay. They're confused about so, a lot. They're confused about everything. Right. And uh, and so, fun fact, gun owners, I'm a Second Amendment girl. I'm going to tell you this. If you have a gun in your house, it needs to be safely put away. Mm-hmm. It should be where you can get it if you need, in the event of needing to protect your family. But your children should never have access for you to say, well, it's my gun. It's my bedroom. It's my nightstand. They shouldn't be in there to begin with. You're not going to say that if they pull the trigger. I heard a guy recently at Blexit. I went to Blexit Atlanta. Oh, my God. This dude is a hardcore libertarian. He was awesome. But he was like, do you know why most children are shot in the face? And this we literally all of us just gasped because you can see this scene happening, just unfolding. It's because their little fingers are too they're too little to and they're not strong enough to be able to pull it and then turn the gun around so they turn the gun toward themselves and pull it with their thumb 
and that's how they blow their own faces off in the homes of people who are simply irresponsible. And this guy is one of the biggest gun advocates you'll ever meet, hardcore libertarian prepper. But he was like, you should be thrown under the jail for not taking the precautions necessary to ensure that your child is safe. So all that to say, yes, if you have weapons in the house, it could be yeah. pills that your kids are involved in. They could, you know, hurl themselves over a cliff. Anything's possible whenever it comes to suicide. I want to leave parents with this, that to undo the stigma, understand this is actually occurring at an alarming rate. The, the yeah. These things are occurring. Death rates are happening at an alarming rate with your children taking their own lives. And you may not see it because, quite honestly, you just might not be observing. So I want you to make a commitment to start observing your children. Mm -hmm. And I also want you to commit to um, casting off the stigma of being a helicopter parent. You're not a helicopter parent for observing. They're your privilege. They are your responsibility. Yeah. They're your gift. They're yours to protect. Correct. And so it is protection. You can protect by simply observing and then asking the right questions mm -hmm. not questions that are going to lead them down a path of confusion but quite probing quite you know how listen ladies we know how to act our we know how to ask our husbands probing questions exactly. without them you know without them thinking that we're like you know dick tracy uh so because we're trying to stay on the down low of what we got our investigation we've got working about where they've been <laughs> and why and with who and all that so you just transfer those that little skill set of, you know, being the private eye Just to your kids. questions. Right. And ask questions in a way where, you know, it's not their fault. Yeah, like be interested in your yeah. kids. That's it. Something other than their achievement, for the love yeah. of God. That would be amazing. Yeah. Something other than, oh, Johnny scored four goals this week instead of, you know, two. Um, oh, yeah. Ask yourself, do your kids feel safe? Mm. Yes. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. Do they feel safe? That is such a good question, Mr. P. Thank you for bringing that up. Because as a single woman, the number one thing I've said to someone um, who I feel like I could, if I've been dating them for a while, one reason that I will date someone is because I feel safe. Yeah. And that is the number one thing I will say to someone. You make me feel safe. Now, whether or not they really are safe, you know, that that's going to meet it out over time. But safety is a huge need. And whenever kids don't feel safe, one of the things that makes them feel safe is when they have your undivided attention. When your eyes are on them, they feel like the whole world is okay. And so you can help them and their neurotransmitters and other things flourish in their little bodies by stimulating them in the way of simple things like Attention, mm -hmm. undivided attention. Just be interested, like you say. Yes. Ask, Ask questions. Them. Get in that bedroom if you need to when they go to school. What are they? You know, not some, not like some psycho parent. Yeah, don't but, overturn their beds and all of that. No, but, but I'm saying the clues are always there. And be, parents say that after their child is gone. Yes. They're like, holy crap, it was right there in front of me. How did I miss it? You asking your child, are you okay? School going okay? How do you feel? You feel safe? They don't even know what makes them feel safe. Quit asking them questions they can't formulate. They cannot articulate these things. Make sure they're safe. That's your job. It's not your child. Latchkey kids, I believe that's another reason. Fathers leaving the house. I mean, you name it. When daddies take off, it's a big deal. It is a big because that son now steps into the role of oldest mm -hmm. i don't care if he's the baby in the family he now takes over 
in his mind as the number one protector of that family. Who's protecting him? Yeah. I mean, who's protecting? Girls immediately find somebody outside of the house who's going to make them feel safe. Mm -hmm. And so they become promiscuous. They become, you know, just off the rails. Why? Because they're trying to fulfill a basic need. Of safety. Correct. So mental health, what is your advice to parents? Um, Ask the right questions. What's your advice to people your age who might be listening, who are struggling, and maybe they feel like, I can't talk to my parents about this. Well, I mean, if you can't talk to your parents, which, you know, first, I'm sorry that that's the case because that is heartbreaking for me. Um, Find someone that you can talk to. That is really, really important, knowing that you are not alone with your thoughts. If your thoughts are making you feel unsafe, the first thing is to know that you're not alone with them. And that means talking about it whether that's a friend or suicide prevention hotlines. hotlines they have all kinds of resources right there at their fingertips they do they absolutely and there's do. no judgment no. no one's like writing down your name and phone number no, no one's going to tell on you it can be completely anonymous right um but yeah no i mean it's it's very important to just not be alone in that moment and i want to say this too and this may sound trite i hope not because it it's not and it's something that i've done if you feel alone As my faith tells me, I'm never alone. And so if you can open your mouth and say two words or or three words, Jesus, help me like I need you. I have I have I have never honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, anyone who's ever done that, all they have on the other side of that is this beautiful testimony of having done it. They asked and he showed up and then life changed. That moment changed and it and it may have been a sea like years of change, but it began in that moment when they asked, I yeah. need you. I need you right now. There's a lot of power spiritually in the name of Jesus that is undeniable. And when you call upon the Lord, he will answer you that I'm not saying that to negate that you've got a real physiological issue going on in your body. Mm-hmm. But I also believe in a kingdom that surpasses our physical bodies that surpasses things that can be explained. And so I believe there have been too many people who have tried to kill themselves who did cry out as they took that last portion of the bottle of pills and cried out and woke up still on this side of eternity and their lives were forever altered. Mm -hmm. So I I don't don't want to leave that out of this equation. Yes, call the 1-800 number, get with someone you trust, talk to your friends, no shame. Kick the shame out yes. the door. Do Kick not listen to shame. And guess what? The voice that says no one cares, you're not needed, you'll be better off, all lies. All lies. All lies. The only way you can change what's going on is if you're still here. Correct. That's the only way things can actually get better. And right. they can. They can. And they you're living proof can. of that. Yeah. And you go through ups and downs, mm-hmm. but... um. But your downs are a lot less low. And they're a lot less frequent. Correct. So it can and it will get better. Absolutely. And you can always email us, Monica at MonicaMatthews.com, and we'll set Allie up with her own email. And uh, I answer. Find us on Twitter. Absolutely. Find us on Twitter, private message us, whatever you need. I answer every and any email that comes to me i answer so i'm happy to do that mm-hmm. uh but we love you until next week be kind to yourself i'm frank i'm ernest <laughs> i'm Allie. i'm Monty. we love, we love you, love you. <laughs> <laughs>